and welcome back to the ice cream parlor. I'm Stefan. This is Heidi. That's right. This is Heidi. Yes. And this is the podcast where we watch horror movies and we talk about them. Absolutely. It's pretty much that simple, right? We just talk about them. There yeah. will be spoilers, like hella spoilers, because we go into the fucking movie. Mm-hmm. So just go watch the movie first before you get into it. Or listen to us first. <laughs> no, then they're going to ruin the movie if they because of the spoilers. Okay, how about this? Follow along with us until we take our break to go watch it and then come back. That's what I meant, actually. <laughs> All right. So um, it's been a while, and we apologize for not having posted an episode in a while, but it's my fault. I've had to work. Yeah, your fault. Always busy working. No, it's it's both of our faults. We were busy. Fourth of July weekend. We've been traveling and just life, right? We just had to enjoy life and just... That had to be done. Things just happened. Um, so what we've done is we've kind of done some restructuring. So we should be able to get an episode out every other week. Yes. We're going to try to really commit to getting these out on time and, um, you know, hopefully adding a few little extra things here and there. Uh, we'll be able to get an episode out every other week. And as we're able to slow down in our other parts of our life, we'll go back to the once weeks. Yeah, we're going to do what's manageable at the moment because we want to keep this podcast consistent and quality, right? Right. Um, I, I will say that I was a little too fucking stressed out till I was in panic attack mode. So we're taking it a little bit easier um, for my mental health. Right. I'm pretty stable. <laughs> so I've never claimed to be. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how has it been for you? It's been fun. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, Fourth of July uh, holiday week was fine. Took some time off, traveled back to Florida, saw some friends, saw some family, saw some gators. <laughs> so, you know. Saw some rain, saw Miami, and it was fun. Had a great time. What about you? Well, I, too, was in Florida. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. You sat next to me on the airplane, dickhead. Oh, how coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I had never been to Florida before. We went to go do some side leathers business for Stefan's family's business, um, of which I am now a part of, the business. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's... So there you go. That's cool. Let everybody know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but it was my first time in Florida. It was my first time seeing gators, for sure. It mm. was the first time having hot rain pour down on me. Did you enjoy any of that? <laughs> I mean... A one and done kind of thing? <laughs> I, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Um, uh, we I got to meet a lot of really cool people. My favorite part... I have two favorite parts. One was going to Miami... Went to South Beach, went to Calle Ocho. That was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, cocks everywhere. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. So they have these statues that are six foot roosters throughout Calle Ocho, okay. 8th Street. Right, right. And so. they were roosters. Okay. You, Hard cocks everywhere. Still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You took pictures of me with cocks uh, behind me. With a rooster <laughs> statue. That's yes. what I know. Um, after that, my favorite other thing, um, well, 
that I, that I feel comfortable talking about is um, a restaurant that we found because our flight was canceled and delayed two fucking days. So we ended up having to stay in Orlando for an extra two days. But on our last day there, on this extended trip that we had, we found this restaurant called Harryhausen's. No, no. High Tide Harry's. <laughs> he should get it right if you like their food so much, right? <laughs> what was it? High Tide Harry's. High, high, high Tide Harry's. It's so hard to say. No, you are you live by the ocean. You know, high tide, low tide. You get it? High Tide Harryhausen's. No, where are you getting the Hausen's <laughs> from? This isn't a German restaurant. They don't have Bratzworth there. They crab <laughs> and lobster and uh, all that goodness. High Tide Harry's. Was there you go. Fucking amazing. It was so good. It was one of my favorite meals that I remember at this moment. And this was three weeks ago. Yeah. Three so. weeks ago. Um, it was such a good meal. It was uh, It was crab legs. It was, what else did we have? Oysters. Oysters. Um, there was hush steak. puppies. Uh, kids had steak, and yeah, it was good. My daughter got two fucking orders of buffalo why, wings. Uh, why I don't know. <laughs> but she's like, You're like crazy. a beast. She like inhaled it. It was yeah. awesome. Okay, but it was good. It was really delicious. So anyways, Thank you, Harryhausen's. No, say it right. They're not gonna give us hook what? us up if they're not. No, what was it called? High Tide Harry. High Tide Harry's. Thank you. Respect. High Tide Harry's. I have a hard time with that name for some reason. Okay. Anyways, that's what we've been up to. <laughs> and now we're back trying to scare well, the crap out of ourselves. Yeah. So we got back and then I ended up having to go to, I was almost at Florida. I ended up having to go to Chicago for work again. Are yeah. you asking me for your beer like by pointing like a monkey? I just wasn't trying to put it all on the podcast <laughs> like that, but yeah, thanks. All right, all right, all right. So we, uh, yeah, I ended up going to Chicago, um, and I saw my cousin that I haven't seen in years because he might have a lot of family actually in Chicago, and I go to Chicago so often, I never see them, ever. No. When we went to Zany's Comedy Club. Okay, that sounds like it was a fun time. Yeah, it was fun. It was, um, it was a lot cleaner comedy than I'm used to. Hmm. I, you must have just gone on a cleaner night because I, th- I feel like that the comics that we've seen and listened to have advertised going to Zany's before. Right. So like Kill Tony was like our thing. Like we love Kill Tony. Um, and it's like the most anti-politically correct show you could ever listen to. Probably. Yeah. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Why were they at Zany's or something? They advertise that they're at Zany's sometimes. Oh. So I get what you're saying, but I guess I went on a clean night, but it was still fun. There's a guy named Michael Winslow. Nope. Mike E. Winslow. Oh, so not the guy from... Uh, um, not poli- Spaceballs. Police Academy. Not Police Academy guy. Uh, this other guy with an afro. Hmm. Oh, wow. That's his thing, too. He goes, I know I look like a microphone. <laughs> but... um. It's funny, though, because I also, like, my brother, when I went to visit him in Virginia, he took me to a comedy show because I they know I'm into comedy. And it was a clean night. Like, there was the MCs or the hosts, whatever you call it. His church group was in the audience. Maybe the rest of the world is just more into clean comedy, and we live in Hollywood, so it's kind of like, well, we don't live in Hollywood. Maybe we're either. fucking dirty. Yeah, we go to the comedy store, and the comedy store is, uh, <laughs> Raunchy. you know, right, yeah, they let it. 
they let it all hang out over there. So that's probably what it is, is that we're just expecting every other club in the world to be like the comedy star. And uh, they're not. I actually really liked Zany's. Um, I have pictures in front of Rodney Dangerfield. Now, maybe I'll post those. Because oh, that wow. was pretty fun. Cool. Um, not the actual Rodney Dangerfield, but I'm talking mm, about I the images. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it was a lot of fun. I got back, and as soon as I got back, got right in the car and went camping. So I'm a little tired, um, overly stressed from all the travel, but I am very much looking forward to The Conjuring. The Conjuring. Okay, I was about to say, let's get into this movie that we're going to talk about. You were about to say that? You just said that. Yeah, I know. In my head, I was thinking like, Will she shut up already? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to figure out what movie we were watching. The Conjuring. Yeah, we got it. So, all right. This movie. 2013's The Conjuring. The motherfucking Conjuring. Holy shit. This is a movie that is based on a true story. It's directed by James, James. Wan. Or James Wan, right? Yeah, he did Saw, right? He did the Saw series. He did the Conjuring series. He did the Annabelle oh. series. And he is res- responsible for the upcoming Swamp Thing movie, which I'm looking forward to because I grew up in a household without cable and the Swamp Thing movie was the one that would come out and that we, my brother and I would get to watch. Oh, okay. And, I, I don't remember. I mean, Swamp Thing, I remember like as a cartoon and I do remember they had like a live action didn't show. Didn't know it was a cartoon. <laughs> I think they had a lot. It was a live action movie or, or a show. A live or action movie. Did they have a show as well, too, at some point? Did you Maybe miss the part know. where I grew up in a household without cable? <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm trying to remember, jog my memory. That's all. So Swamp Thing, that's cool. He's remaking that. Um, James Wan. So The Conjuring, I've never seen it. I didn't even know it was connected to the Annabelle series. Um, I don't know much about it. So It's a ghost story, right? It's a haunted house kind Haun- of thing. Okay. Um, it is... It is in the same universe as the Annabelle series because of the Warrens. Ed and Lorraine Warren, the ones who sent me down this fucking rabbit hole that I mentioned okay. earlier. Okay, gotcha. They are like real life Ghostbusters kind of thing. So they're, um, she's a medium and he's like churchy. I don't know what the term is. He's churchy. And their thing was if somebody was haunted or possessed or had some kind of demonic force in their home, they would go and assist in exorcisms or they would go and, you know, debunk it and say, oh, it's just your pipes, you idiot, you know, things like that. But they have files upon files upon files of different things that they went to go investigate. One of them being the Amityville Horror House. That movie, that's based on a true story movie, based on their files as well. I know you have a thing about horror movies, I mean, about uh, hauntings, but hold on. And this movie, The Conjuring, the haunting of the Perone family home in the 70s. So, that is why they're linked. I see. Gotcha. Yeah. um, I guess I, I do have a thing, or I don't have a thing for haunted house movies and hauntings and ghost stories and all that i just i don't buy into it anymore as a kid sure yeah it was scary it was like good folklore to believe in the boogeyman and all that but right now i'm i I don't um it doesn't do anything for me anymore so (laughs) that's fine i love this director in fact the annabelle movie the the first annabelle movie was the only movie to date that i've gone to see in a theater in which i audibly screamed while watching the movie in the theater and embarrassed the fuck out of myself he's really good at his scares at his jump scares because you know it's coming but it fucking gets you anyway but okay i mean we'll see i i'm 
I'm and that still was that was Annabelle, skeptic. not this one. Gotcha. So I, I'm very excited to see it again. I haven't seen a lot. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. However, I do remember that it's scary as fuck, and I do remember. Um, I do remember. I liked this versus the Insidious movies. The Insidious, Insidious movies, also directed by the same guy. Gotcha. But those I didn't like as much because it's like, oh, I have to save my dad. Let me go take a nap. Yeah, that's going to happen when some guy is fucking uh, Jack Torrance in your door. Uh, you, right. I mean, well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see Insidious either, so I can't comment on it. We have a lot of work to do on you. Yeah. Well, I mean, James Wan, he did the first Saw, right? I don't think he did the rest of them. And if he did, he didn't. I don't know. I don't believe he did the rest of the saws, and I think the first one was good. I, I, I think don't know. he did more than one. Well, we're not going to bother researching. Well, when we right get now. to the saw series, we'll, we'll we'll check it out. But um, this movie is so scary that in the Philippines, some of the theaters that showed it had a priest come out and bless the audience before watching it. All right, all right, whatever. I mean, it, it's all it makes for good, uh, you know. I wrapped my couch in plastic for this movie just in case you get scared. <laughs> I think it makes for a good show. It's theatrics. It's awesome well, to of have course. a little bit of like. Of course, like, know. okay, so in the movie Psycho, right? When that movie came out, the Hitchcock, the original one, not fucking James, mm-hmm. I mean, Vince Vaughn. Um, why, would I, why did I almost say James Vanderbeek? I don't know. Was that Dawson? Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Anyway, um, when that movie first came out, uh, Hitchcock didn't let anybody talk about it. They would have that. There was this whole theatrics about a secret ending, secret ending, secret ending. And um, they purposefully made such a big deal about it and, and made the theatrics like so much so that people wanted to go see it, even though they knew it was freaked out. And then kind of like in Cannibal Holocaust, where it was like, disappear for a year kind of thing so those things sound so outlandish to us right now but they fucking did their job okay yeah so well anyways the conjuring came out 2013 so it wasn't that long ago that means that the special effects must be pretty good right but i mean it says it's based on a true story so like you said these people have umpteen million files on all these hauntings and stuff like that i mean okay we'll see i mean Maybe they do, but I don't know. I don't know if I buy into it. So it just could be a good little, you know, I'm going to take you down the rabbit hole with me. (laughs) Well, hopefully this movie delivers. I don't know much about it. I I don't, I do remember it kind of coming out, but like, you know, there was a bunch of other movies. You know who's in it? Who? The guy from Office Space. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. You know who else is in it? Who? Norma Bates from the TV Uh, show. Yeah, Vera Farmiga or whatever. Yes, I like her. She, I like her in other roles. I never saw the normal. What other Bates. What other movies have you seen? She's her? in the Departed. Oh, Departed. <laughs> Departed. Did I do it? Yeah, not yeah. really. But she's in a bunch of other movies too. But I just, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm anxious to watch the movie. So let's see. Hopefully, it delivers. It's all right. So, is there anything else you want to say about it before we go watch it? Leave your lights on, people. Go watch it, and then come back. Okay, I think we're going to turn the lights off. No. (laughs) All right. We'll be right back. Or one of us will. All right, it's 918. We're headed down into the cellar where the door's just opened on its own. Give us a sign that you want to communicate with us. 
Daughter. What are you guys? Well, we've been called ghost hunters, paranormal researchers. But we prefer to be known simply as Ed and Lorraine Warren. There's someone here that would like to talk to you. There's something horrible happening in my house. November 1st, 1971, I'm sitting here with Carolyn Perrin, who, with her family, has been experiencing supernatural occurrences. You're picking up anything in here, hon? Something awful happened here, Ed. What is it? Whatever Lorraine sees, feels, touches, it takes a toll on her. A little piece each time. You have a lot of spirits in here, but there's one that I'm most worried about because it is so hateful. That's not gonna help. This thing has latched itself to your family. Oh, we never seen nothing like this. I'm coming with you. No way. I can't lose you. There's a lady in a dirty nightgown that I see in my dreams. She's standing in front of my mom's bed. back guess who's back in the motherfucking house no 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 no. all right anyways we're back how did you like the movie excuse me oh whoa, 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 whoa. i'm the corrupt in this series <laughs> like dog pound corrupt is that what you're talking about guess who's back in the motherfucking house with a fat dick in your motherfucking mouth all oh, right i know yep <laughs> nice that's a great quote <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know i'm a just West Coast such a literary <laughs> West Coast to la D-I-E. Yeah, look at our volumes. They're like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> All right. So that movie wasn't scary for shit, was it? That movie didn't scare the shit. Oh, out fucking shit. It was scary as hell. No, it wasn't. It was like very predictable. Uh, there's a few things I liked, but. You got up and checked on things during the movie. <sighs> Well, I wasn't scared. You were. Sure. There was nothing there. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> what does it make any difference that I checked on things? Anyways, Whatever. anyways, I think this movie was done pretty decently. There it was, was some done. parts. Wow. There was some parts I would really, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it, right? Um, where do you want to start? Where else? From the beginning. From the beginning. From the tippy top. All right. Um, so this movie starts off with the explanation of the Annabelle doll. Okay, so... You have something to add to it? <laughs> the movie opens on the Annabelle case of 1968. Mm-hmm. And the Annabelle case, for those of you who don't know, just a quick 
just intro to it. It is a doll. Well, in in the in this series, it's a porcelain porcelain doll. In the reality, in the quote real story, it was actually a Raggedy Ann doll. It was supposedly possessed by some demonic force um, and haunted the two women who were nurses who lived with the doll. The doll belonged to one of them. Uh, whatever. So. Yeah, there were young nurses. Yeah, I there guess. were young nurses. There was okay. actually three people in the scene. The dude didn't really talk and There's say a, anything. I think it was a supportive boyfriend. Whatever or, he know, was, he the was... friend zoned dude or whatever. Yeah, he didn't talk um, at all. So Ed and Lorraine Warren are interviewing these three, and the girls are talking about how you know started off small, like we put her in one room and she'd be in the next, or things would be moving or whatever. There'll be little notes, whatever, and um, they called a medium, and the medium said, "Hey." There's a little girl named Annabelle who died in this apartment. She just wants to be friends. So the girls did what? They, they invited her in to the gave, doll. I exactly. guess. They gave her permission to like inhabit the doll. And this is where Ed and Lorraine collectively lose their shit and go, we did what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because um, I guess there's all these rules with dealing with demons and spirits or something like that, right? I will get to that in um, my rabbit hole episode. <laughs> okay. So many fucking things. Okay. So anyway, um, and then they said things got worse from there. Yeah, the room was filled with like uh, crayon all over. Go ahead. So the girls come home one day from work and they found the doll that they had left in a spare room in the hallway. Like as soon as they opened the door. With crayons in her hands. With crayons in her hands. And they see that the empty room has scribblings of, with the red marker, red crayon everywhere. And it says, miss me miss on me. it. And yep. the, the thing was that the pictures of these girls, of the girls that lived there with her, were smashed and their faces were scratched off. And it was, the room was destroyed. Like tables turned over, lamps on the floor, just fucking fucked. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we have to believe that this could possibly that happen. That the doll did it. But mind you, that Ed and Lorraine Warren did tell them, is it possible that somebody had a spare key and they were just fucking with you? And they're like, we thought about it, but not to this extent. Like, I don't think that could have happened. One of the girls grabs the Annabelle doll, takes her downstairs to the dumpster, closes, uh, throws in the little note that said, miss me, and closes the lid. And then they go to bed. That's right. But what happens next? They hear this loud banging on the front door, I think. I thought it was the front door, right? On the like, front door, they hear some loud banging, and the girls are woken up in the middle of the night. And they, they, one of them goes and opens the door. Yeah, pretty and looks brave, around. mind you. Yeah, pretty brave, because I wouldn't have fucking done it. I would have been like did, calling you up. Hey, Stefan. Hey, so can you like come over? Yeah. Did you? <laughs> I have beer. <laughs> did, did you notice if they had a peephole or anything? Because they just opened the door. Like, I don't think it they was had a peephole. It was 70s. Well, it was the 60s. Yeah. No uh, peepholes, maybe? I don't know, but it was the age of the birth of the serial killer movement. So, I mean, it could have been a serial killer, wouldn't it? Somebody fucking with them perpetually? Anyway. But here's the thing. They open the door, nothing there, and now the bang. But there's is... a note on the floor. Oh, right, right, right. right. And then it's that note that was crumpled up. Says. That said, miss, miss me. me. With a question mark. Yeah. So then, at, as she looks at the note, there's a banging in the hall closet door where the other girl is standing. And Mm -hmm. so she opens the door, also pretty bravely. And she opens the door, and all you hear is a scream. And then we just see the Annabelle doll back in the interview room with the Warrens and the two girls. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then... Well, So then they kind of cut to the fact that... Then that's when Lorraine says, lets them know 
that it's not the little girl possessing the doll. It's something demonic, something inhuman. And it cuts to it actually being a film being projected during a lecture that the Warrens are giving these college students. Like a college, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um... Cut to the Perone family, who is moving into their new home. And this is now 1971. They're moving from New Jersey, a, uh, a farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, with their five daughters. The Perone family are Roger, the dad, Carolyn, the mom, and their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. Wow. You're so good at that. You always get the family tree perfect. Like in all the movies that we review, you, you've got the... You do such a great job at that. You don't know their names. You name them in order from oldest to youngest, something like that. I write it down. Yeah. Here's the mom. <laughs> here's the dad. You know. I mean, I will take that compliment. I appreciate it. And thank you. Yeah. They also have a dog named Sadie, who is like Sadie, the cutest little like dog. Like a border collie, like, like a, a lassie. Like a lassie dog. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to call it, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot. So I'm glad you said it. Because then lassie. I feel better. Um, Here, Lassie. But Lassie... Lassie, Sadie. Sadie refuses to go into the goddamn house. Mm-hmm. She's like, fuck that. She's like, that. fuck that. She stays on the porch and they're like, all right. They couldn't get her in whatsoever. So they just leave her outside. Yeah. Which I wonder, is that something you think they did in New Jersey? What part of New Jersey are they from? <laughs> I don't know, but I guess because they're like, well, we're in the country now and yeah. it's nice and there's whatever, I guess. But I mean, he does tie her up at some point. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Roger does. So the girls and the movers and the parents are slowly like, you know, unpacking boxes, whatever, getting settled. And it's getting late. And um, the mother sends one of the girls to go get April, the youngest, who is sitting by the lake, lake. because there's a lake next to the motherfucking house, mm-hmm. which is always bad news. Have they not seen any scary movies? Oh, no, it was the 70s before they were made. Okay, um, April is sitting there by a tree, this huge fucking tree that's barren and twisted and just warped. Right, and, and she's th- found. This tree is not a real tree. It was made by the production team. Oh, thanks for the tidbit. <laughs> it's too fucking big, right? Um, or, or or like too big to be so perfectly evil looking. Right. So she's in the tree with this she's music sitting, box that she found. She's sitting at the base of the tree. She's not in the tree. She's sitting at, at the tree and she's playing with this music box. You see her kind of play it, look behind her and then run inside the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, which is important. So remember that. Inside the house later that night after dinner, the girls all... Um, I want to say maybe two or th- uh, three or four girls are playing the game called hide and clap. Yeah. What so is for, hide and clap, Stefan? I well, I guess it's an alternate version of hide and seek, but I've never heard of this game before. But I guess the rules are you get to say everybody has to clap and they have to so, clap. So it's like a Marco Polo version of hide and seek is what I got out of it. The game goes like this: the person who's it gets blindfolded. Spun around with the help of the people three times, and then they have to spin around until the count of ten. Mm-hmm. Everybody else scurries off. Yeah, and so typical the person, and seek. the person who's it, is allowed three claps from each person. Right, and they have until the third clap to locate somebody and mm-hmm. no longer be it. Right. Yep. So they go first clap, and everybody goes clap clap or something. Yeah, and they clap. Um. While they're playing this game, though, um, one of the girls hides in the closet. And when she's hiding in, in the hall closet, and when she's hiding in the closet, the other girl finds her because mm-hmm. she heard her clap. In her um, excitement of tagging her, the other girl backs up and into 
the wall of the closet, which turns and she breaks a board. Mm-hmm. But yep. it turns out that that isn't a wall; it's a false wall. It's a boarded up cellar. Yeah, the first the rule of finding a boarded up anything. <laughs> if we learned anything from the changeling, don't fucking go there. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody seems to make mistakes, so. Yeah. They open it up. They go down there to find out. For, well, they don't go down yet. Really, no. So the dad it. goes in there and he yeah. goes with the box of matches. Mm-hmm. And do you notice how like that light, that um, bo- that one light from a match lit up the whole fucking room? Well, yeah. I mean, that's cinema stuff. But no. Anyway, I thought it was fine. Um, so and, and so they decide. Well, this is great. Whatever. We'll explore it another time, which is smarter. Don't do fucking do it at night. Uh, that night, we've, when all the girls are going to bed um, and before the uh, before the Perone uh, parents get some loving done, they hear Sadie barking outside. And they're, mm-hmm. they're concerned about her, but she just won't come into the house. Absolutely will not come to the house. And the next morning, the mom wakes up. Yep. And she's got some and bruises. she's fucking bruised like a motherfucker. And then as she's making her way down to the kitchen to make some coffee, her kids start telling him about how cold the house is. And how that and how smelled like smelled. nasty, like rotten Rented meat. meat. Yeah, yeah, something like that. She also notices the clocks. Right. They stop exactly at 3.07, I think. Yeah. All of the clocks. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. strange. Now, see, this is the kind of things that if that would actually happen to me in my real life, maybe, I don't know, I might be like, oh, shit. I probably shit. wouldn't have noticed. Like, as, as the a lights kid, must have gone out. <laughs> as a kid, my imagination could imagine that those kind of things would probably happen. Right now, as an adult, there's just make-believe, and it's fun. It's fun and spooky, and it's fun to see other people get spooked out by it. But so, yeah, 3.07. Right. The clocks stop. Then what happens? Carolyn finds Roger playing around in the cellar he's trying to fix the the, the furnace, the furnace. Mm-hmm. um but then they also find that there's a bunch of shit in there that yeah. they can sell that may be antiques or just maybe nothing uh, but there's definitely things that are not their belongings in the cellar mm-hmm. um a big crappy old piano some mm-hmm. i don't know what else was in there just furniture mostly yeah furniture and, and so um so carolyn's like i'm just gonna go make coffee uh she goes she makes coffee roger comes up at some point Sin, uh, April makes her way downstairs and, and looks for Sadie. She goes outside to look for Sadie, and all we hear is this loud scream. scream because what? Sadie's fucking dead. Yeah, poor Sadie. I wish she would have a bigger role in this movie. Um, unfortunately, she met her demise very quickly, and we didn't get to see it either. We just get to see a distant shot of a supposedly dead dog. Yeah, we didn't see guts or anything, which was nice because we saw well, beauty, uh, what is it, beauty's guts. Yeah, in, um, I know. I guess I was kind of hoping we'd see a little something. You know, we usually see what gets the dog or we didn't get that we little teaser. We didn't see teaser. that. I'm kind of glad we didn't. So then after that, that scene cuts pretty quickly. It goes, and- oh, now we go back to the Warren home. At the Warrens, there is this reporter who's writing a story on the Warrens. And... Ed Warren is giving like a tour. the reporter a tour of this room in their home. This room in their home is where they keep all of the talismans, all of the possessed items, anything that has been um, a conduit for a demon at some point or other or used for an exorcism or used in some way in a haunting. 
um, including the Annabelle doll. Mm-hmm. Locked in a glass case. Yeah, they keep everything in this place. And it gets visited by a priest every week and gets blessed mm-hmm. and protected and whatever. And the reporter is fucking freaked out. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm not touching that one thing. Yeah, <laughs> but, although he does make an attempt maybe to kind of touch the Annabelle doll. I, I don't remember that. But, but um, we find out that Ed and Lorraine have a daughter named Judy mm-hmm. because she snuck into the place. Yeah. And they're like, did you touch anything? So whatever. Yeah. Apparently, touching it is a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he reminded that reporter guy twice. He's like, ah, I told you, don't touch. Back at the Perone house, the clocks have stopped in a room where the two girls sleep. That it would be uh, Nancy and Christine. I don't remember their names, like, in order. I know well, that... I, there's Nancy, I'm telling you. Yeah, I got you. I'm just saying, as I'm watching it, I just... It, 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 see, there wasn't... I don't know, whatever. Two of the... Like, how, how many were there? Five? Six? Five. Five. Jesus Christ, five daughters. Poor guy. What did he deserve that? Well, the men's the, the men's um, a sperm is uh, and all the information that encoded in there is what determines whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. So that's his fault. Right. He just doesn't have some uh, good genes, I guess. Or he has great genes. <laughs> some Wranglers. Wranglers. That's a weird name. Okay. At the Perone house, the clocks have stopped again at 3.07. And the room where two girls, Christine and Nancy, sleep. Mm-hmm. One of the girls, Christine, the little girl with the short hair, oh, right, the short is hair sleeping one. without yeah. any blankets. Which I always, my mama used to tell me that if you slept without a blanket, a witch is going to come and she's going to prick your legs with a needle. Yeah, it was so, just probably hot though. So I'm, but they said that it was cold. Anyway, I always sleep with at least a sheet on. Anyway, that's enough of today in Heidi's world. We see her getting tugged. Mm-hmm. Like, her legs are getting tugged, and she's blaming her sister. And then she's also smelling that rotten smell, and she's blaming her sister on farting. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. Quit farting, Nancy, or whatever her name was. It mm-hmm. wasn't me. Shut up. <laughs> Downstairs, Roger's asleep. And this is kind of like, I think, a nod to Poltergeist because the TV is on snow. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's true. Um, he's asleep at his desk, and he's awakened by some thuds and um, just... Doom, doom, doom. That loud bang, though. Not, mm-hmm. It's not, not like, doom, doom. Well, it's, it's like, a door slamming. Right, but it's pretty loud, though. Not yet. It, I guess it progresses as he gets closer. Oh, right, he follows right, right, the right, sound right, and sees an, um, a door open on its own. Right, yeah, this and one was a low he goes to explore yeah. it. Mm-hmm. He, sorry. He goes, he goes to explore it and finds that it's um, an open window. And he's going to go close it, but then he hears some more sounds. And so he quickly goes back and he tries to make his way up the stairs. And we get our first, <gasps> fuck. Because his daughter, Andrea, is standing at the top of the stairs all fucking creepy looking. But in reality, she's just like Cindy sleepwalking again. Right. I don't know. I didn't find it scary, so I'm trying to relate well, here. Well, uh, whatever. It, it just was creepy. Kids are fucking scary. Right, right. You know, what are you doing? Oh, she's what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. So we find that Cindy sleepwalks. And the way she's sleepwalking is she's in Andrea's room. And there's this wardrobe in her room that came with the house. It's yeah. like Narnia-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cindy is walking into the at room. it, and her head keeps hitting the fucking wardrobe, mm-hmm. like she's continuously walking into it. <laughs> yeah, she's just continuously walking into it, and doesn't stop. And they're, instead of waking her up, they're because like, you're not supposed to wake somebody up when okay, they're sleepwalking. I don't know. So the dad puts a hand on her forehead because that's what's hitting the the door mm-hmm. of the wardrobe and takes her back to sleep. But that's how we see, one, that one of the kids sleepwalks, two, there's something up with the dresser, and three, that's what you do with the little girl when she's sleepwalking. Right. Informative. 
But not scary yet, anyways. No, but then, well, the next morning, the parents are discussing that she's sleepwalking again. Um, and while the, the mom's getting mom out of the shower, she has more, more fucking bruises. bruises. Right. And she and thinks so, she's got, like, a calcium deficiency or something iron. like that, right? So iron So that's what I said. Right? Like, while we were watching the movie, I was like, she, they're going to blame it on iron. Because I used to... I used to have like these nosebleeds all the time. Like they they knew me by my first name at the emergency room when I was a kid. Wow. I used to have these huge nosebleeds and I used to have lots of bruises everywhere. And um, I don't think we ever figured it out or maybe we did and my mom never told me and I'm probably dying, but whatever. Um, but do you still have these bruises that pop up? No. Okay. But when I did, they told me that it was because I was anemic and they gave me iron pills. And you know what I hate worst in the world? Iron pills. Poverty, famine, you know, hunger and whatever. But iron, also iron pills. Iron pills. <laughs> they taste bad? They taste like absolute iron. <laughs> yeah. It feels They're like it could be like a, a metal taste, right? They're so gross. You can either take it in liquid form, which is worse because then you're like, ew. Or you can take it in pill, which is like, ugh. It's Either like, way, it's lose-lose, except for, you know, your health or whatever. Is it like actual, it's actual iron, right? It's like metal that you're... It's not like trying. they melted steel or something and put it in a pill form. I think it, It's a mineral. Okay, yeah. Well, have you ever seen... I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember seeing something where somebody put a magnet in, like, a bowl of, like, cereal that has lots of iron, and then you can see the little metal flakes, like, attaching to the magnet. Do you ever play Wooly Wally? No, no. Willy Wally? Wooly Wally. No, never played Wooly Wally. Yeah, I bet you have. Oh, really? If, if I find that you have, you owe me $10. So is this a different name of a game? Ready? Like, yeah, it's Ready? called Tic-Tac-Toe where I come from. Ready? What? Okay. Yes, you you agree to it? No. I don't you know. You're $10. setting me up. Wooly Wally is this little man, bald man, and there's like these little magnetic little things inside the plastic covering with him. And you get this little magnet pencil and you can move the the little magnetic little shavings or whatever to give him hair like or a mustache a or ear thing. hair or whatever right, you want right, to do. Right, right. I remember that thing. Yeah. Wally Wally. Yeah. $10, please. No, <laughs> I never agreed to that. <laughs> and I don't think it was called Wooly Wally where I came from, but well, you're from Florida, so well, it's called I was something. From Massachusetts by way of Florida. I don't represent anywhere really. I sh- I'm out here in California now. I'm having a good time out here. Thank you for that, Mr. Geography. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> if we may proceed, sure. We find out that the dad is a truck driver. He r- drives those big rigs, cross country. Yeah, I don't like his character that much. I feel like he's kind of just like meh. Yeah. Well, the problem part of the problem is he's the guy from Office Space, and you just. See him like, eh, it's Monday. I don't care. I'm just going to do nothing. And that's sort of the same way he acts in this movie, too. I mean, yeah, he's a little bit startled and stuff like that. But I don't know. We don't know much about him. We don't, you know, he's got seven daughters. He's I don't Five know, daughters? Harryhausen's, whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, it's just poor him. And I don't know. I just didn't attach to him that much. I didn't feel like he wanted to do some stuff to help. But he doesn't seem like he could do much. But... He but wasn't very do passionate. Do I don't know, but he wasn't passionate either. He's just kind of like the guy from Office Space. Okay. Maybe he's just typecasted. He okay. <laughs> so he's leaving for work and he a bird flies into the house and dies. Yeah. Did like, you just uh, hit your mouth with your beer? No, no, no. That I was did. the most interesting no. swig I've ever seen. No, it like splashed. What are you but, drinking today? Um, Wolf Pup IPA. Oh, I like Wolf Pup. So the bird harakiri's right into the uh, window. Of his yes. car? It, Harry no. Harryhausen's his way into their home. The home, right, yeah. 
Okay. And then... Uh, and then that's it. That's so all we yeah, see. The still, fun, that's a, like a little, this like, weird little snippet. Like, just a jump scare does that some... doesn't scare many people. But This movie you know. has weird little snippets. Like, did we really need to see that there was a reporter at the house over there? Did we really need to see that, that the Warrens were brushing their daughter Judy's hair? No, you didn't okay. have to see those things. These, this is all, like, strengthening my... Uh, my point here, right? Those aren't scary moments, though. I know. It just, it, it's so lack, anyway, lackluster. Later that morning, the girls go to school. April stays behind because she's little. We find out that she has an invisible friend named Rory. Mm-hmm. Rory lives in the fucking music box. Yeah, or he Supposedly, comes out. Moment. You can see him in the music box. I don't know if he lives so, in it, but... So, um, when Carolyn, the mom, comes to go check on little April, um, she's talking with nobody mm-hmm. and and april tells her oh well this is how you see rory if you want to yeah. see him you play the music box and then by the and the, the music box is um it's a little box and it has a little clown popping up and down and up and down while the song is playing but then on the lid on the inside of the lid it's like a mirror with a little spiral on it and it spins as the song is playing yeah right so when the music stops, you look in the mirror and you see Rory behind you, mm-hmm. is what April says. Freaky. Yeah. So the mom plays the music and it stops. And then you see April going, boo, right. mommy. And it was a joke. She's, the end. Yeah, exactly. End yeah. of the movie. No, not kidding. <laughs> um, not kidding, I said. <laughs> the mom, no, just kidding. And mom and Cindy decide to play hide and clap. Right. Yeah, I don't get to play hide and clap with the others because they don't want to let me play. And then like, all right, we'll play for so a little bit. They start to play and first clap. And then, um, oh, you know, the clap clap always reminds me of my girl likes to party <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> anyway, clap clap. So it's just her and the youngest so, daughter playing. Yeah. So, they, um, you know, she the first clap, her, uh, the mom's blindfolded. She's making her way through the top floor of the house. Um, first clap, she gets into the hallway. Another set of claps, she goes further along. And then she's in the room where Andrea sleeps, the room where there's that wardrobe the that wardrobe, Cindy yeah. keeps bumping herself into. She um, She's, you know, fumbling around there. And we, we hear the creaking and we see the wardrobe opening open entirely. Mm-hmm. By itself. Like both doors open entirely. Carolyn turns around because she hears a sound and she goes, third clap. And you see these hands coming out from the wardrobe, mm-hmm. out past the clothes. And you hear a clap. And then the mom goes and she goes, I found you. And she's like looking around in the wardrobe. And nobody's there. Nobody's and she there. takes off her blindfold and she's like, What the nobody's hell? Nobody's fucking there. And yep. then April comes in from the door and she's like, Oh, you took your blindfold off. Yeah, you I was cheated. In, I was, I was in, in, the, um, in the other room or something like that. What's her name? Christine in Nancy's room. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. So then, anyway, that was the first oh shit. Yeah. That was Rory probably playing hide and clap with them, right? Yes. I, I think it was Rory. Because mm-hmm. he's a little boy. Rory's like this little boy who's dressed in like old timey clothes. He's got to be like eight or eight years old or something. Yeah, I would say so. The next scene is however many days later, Roger's back and he is on the phone and apparently they're having some money problems because he really needs to get a new, another load. The only one is to Florida and back. And the, It's a long drive, by the way. And the only way that he can um, get it is if they... If they pay him half of his rate, but he needs to, because if he doesn't get a load, he loses the insurance on his truck and then blah, 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 blah. Mm. keep the poor man down. 
such is capitalism right so that that i think that was just letting us know that even later on when shit hits the fan they can't move because they have no money kind of thing now it's night again and christine is being tugged again she's being tugged um and this time a little more forcefully this time we see some like not somebody but her body moving all the way across almost completely off her bed yeah it was a really good point (laughs) yeah and this point christine is terrified and she does a little poltergeist kind of looking under the bed on one side looking like from the top of her bed and i'm like oh shit the clown (laughs) because she knows that it's not her other sister because her sister's asleep and across the room Mm -hmm. yeah so she um she's looking and she's, she's looking under the bed um, she sees the door and we don't see it, but she sees that somebody's standing, mm-hmm. standing there. Like we don't see yeah. it at all. The door's cracked like halfway open or something like that. Yeah. And then, so she starts talking to her sister like, Hey, wake up. There's somebody behind the door. She's so scared. And she did such a good job. She was so terrified. You felt it, right? No. She's a pretty good actress. I mean, okay. That. She was. Come her. on. She was pretty good. I give it to her. And me, Nancy's yeah. like, what's going on? And she goes and she goes to check behind the door. Doesn't see anybody there. And she turns around and says, there's nobody here. Mm-hmm. And that's where, where Christine is like standing, standing right, right behind, behind you. you. And she's sobbing. And the door slam shut yes boom and okay but and now, that was a good scare and the girls scream and then roger and uh christine christine roger and carolyn are asleep in their room and they run to the girls Chris, uh uh carolyn can't open the door roger kicks it down see that's what he's for um and then you know nobody sees anything and nancy's not saying that she saw anything either right but Christine is fucking terrified. Yeah, but that's okay. So why wouldn't Nancy be like, I don't know, the door slammed shut on its own. Like, what did she think? The wind really blew that. She didn't say anything because she didn't see anything. Right. But but did right she now, feel or see the door close? I don't know what happened because that's where that scene ends. Hmm. Well, that's why I didn't think that. I was like, well, why didn't the other one react the same way now that the door slammed on him? Well, what what we did find out is that whatever that thing was by the door, told Christine. That it wants her family dead. dead. Mm-hmm. So it can talk. It speaks English. Or it speaks to them telekinetically. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess, yeah. That, is, that, is that a thing? Can that really happen? Telepathically? Yeah, sure. I'm telekinetically, sp- I think it has to do with something tangible. So <laughs> that's, that's like moving shit with your mind, right? What? Uh, yeah, one's moving shit with your mind, one's talking. I don't know. I can't remember. Okay. But remember in uh, Poltergeist when he was like, I was answering her in my mind. <laughs> that was Poltergeist. <laughs> yeah. That was Poltergeist. Um, back at the Warrens, some uh, like during the day, back at the Warrens, um, Ed tries to go check out a case like low profile like without Lorraine and so we find out that he's trying to be protective of her she's like no no I'm going fucking going with you apparently he like something happened to her we don't know yet but something happened to her and he is scared to take her on any more cases mm-hmm. but yeah. she tells him what did you tell me on our wedding night um what do you say Are you ready for another round something like can that can we do it again can we do it again but what I was actually getting at was when she says god brought us together for a reason and so that's how she got him to take her with um with him and they go to go check out this haunting this supposed haunting and that's one of the ones that they're debunking and they find out that it's just pipes in the um 
It's just pipes in the attic that are reverberating through the rest of the house. It's not a haunting. Right, yeah. And that's where Lorraine says it's usually something simple. Sure. Yeah. So I'll most of the that. time it's not it's nothing. Then every once in a while it really is something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um back at the Perones, mom has more bruises and she's continuously taking these iron pills. In fact, the scene that we're coming into is her in the bathroom looking at all of her bruised arms and popping pills, mm-hmm. iron pills, the grossest of gross. Nasty. Um, it's late, but she hears somebody playing hide and clap. Yeah, she's like, wait a minute, girls, it's late. Why aren't you in bed? And everybody's asleep. She goes and checks. Everybody's in bed. Mm-hmm. No problem. So who the fuck is playing hide and clap? Right. Right. And so she's checking on the girls, and then suddenly, what happens? All the pictures come falling. The ones that are, like, on the stairwell come, like, slamming down to the ground. Yep, there as are. As if somebody's, like, knocking them off the wall as they run by or something. Yeah, there are pictures of the entire family mm-hmm, along the, family the wall, along where the staircase is. And it, it does. They come shattering glasses, mm-hmm. broken, and it's fucked. Yep. And, again, this woman is pretty ballsy because she goes running after it to kind of find out, like, mm-hmm. who's there. And she's even, like, calling it out. She's like, who is there? Yeah. And um the, so the claps continue as she even as she's downstairs. Right, okay. Right. And um it leads her the clapping leads her to the cellar. Mhm. And when yeah. she goes to the cellar, she she yells, she doesn't want to go down there. She's scared of the cellar. And I'm like, "Oh, smart move, yes, right?" you should be. She's like the light wouldn't turn on whatever. So she's like, "Whoever's in there, yeah, I'll lock I'm going to lock the... you in now." Yeah. And she goes to leave but the, the door closet slams right in her face and knocks her down the cellar steps all the way down to the bottom. And we see her at the bottom getting up and her face is red from having hit this fucking post at the bottom of the like it was just a brutal yeah, fall. Yeah, that had to hurt. Absolutely. And so she's scared and she's like looking around and this ball, this red ball and Homage, I feel, to the changeling comes <laughs> bouncing out onto like towards her, and she's like, "Fuck that!" And she mm-hmm. runs up the stairs. Runs all the the way light up. bulb explodes, mm-hmm. and she gets to the top of the stairs and can't open the fucking yeah. door. But surprisingly enough, she was able to find the matches that her husband left he behind. He left them on the top of the stairs, <laughs> and so she's lighting the matches, trying to get a little bit of light. And I'm thinking, shit, something's gonna come to her face or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and it was just. Lighting matches, lighting matches, whatever. But what happens is you hear a child in the background whisper, Hey, want to play hide and clap? And claps right next to her. And then you just see, you hear her screaming. And from the outside of the closet door, you hear the closet door. um, What is this motion? I think banging, but trying to open, but not opening. Yeah, like she couldn't get it open. It's rattling. Is that the word? Mm, I guess so. I don't know. At the same time, back in Andrea's room, Cindy is sleepwalking into the wardrobe again. Mm-hmm. And so Andrea, you know, dad's not there. So Andrea's like, okay, I guess I got to do this. She's going to bang her head on the fucking door all night. So she goes and she does the whole cover her forehead, walks her out. But she says, you can sleep in my bed tonight. And she goes and she tucks her in. And then the banging noise continues. Continues. Uh, you think the banging was Cindy hitting her head on the wall, but it's banging from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Andrea goes to check it out. And as as she's doing so, Cindy sits up on the bed and looks and lets out this gasp. <gasps> and that's when Andrea looks up and there's this creepy fucking woman on top of the mm-hmm. wardrobe. Yeah, kind and of. And she looks like What's the video like? of that man who finds this woman sleeping in his crawl space that comes out 
and fucking drinks his juice and shit. Right. You really think so? I think you're I just think pulling she... out like videos right now. I don't know if she looks like that. She With looks matted like a cool... hair. She, she looks... looks like a crazy way. She looks like a, a woman who hasn't washed her hair. She looks ratty. She looks scary. She's and she dirty. jumps from the wardrobe and comes flying Onto Andrea down onto... and they're wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, miraculously, at the same time, the dad does arrive home with his... To screaming. Yep, yep. Screaming upstairs. The mom's screaming from the closet. Mm-hmm. So he goes and he helps her get out of the closet. They run upstairs. They bust open the door. And Andrea is just wrestling with herself at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. But he's like, what's going on here? Because everybody's fucking freaked out. Yeah. I mean, again, like if that happened in real life, which I guess it's supposed to be a real story. So then, yeah, I guess it would be kind of scary. I mean, I find it laughable because it's fictitious. I guess I don't believe that this stuff really happened. I think it's a interpretation of something that just really wasn't, I don't know, documented properly. Or it's just a scary story to tell people so that people get spooked out. Didn't you get spooked by a Wendigo once? Wendigo? What the hell is a Wendigo? Like this creature-like Algonquin I don't know. Something story. Maybe something like that. You but, mentioned something in the Pet Cemetery episode. Yeah, there was something that maybe I saw. But it doesn't... I don't know. I think, again, the way I look at it is it only exists if you believe in it. And if you choose not to believe in it, then they lose their power and they don't exist. Well, I choose to believe in this sufficiently to make this movie enjoyable. Okay. I'm not saying that I'm thinking that things are going to come at me at night. I'm saying... I am choosing to lose myself in this movie and I'm allowing myself to get scared. Yeah. So I enjoyed watching it for a one time through kind of thing. I don't know if I'm a fan of the movie yet, but I mean, I could tell you that all the jump scares and stuff, they were like very predictable and none of them got me. But they were well done. It was mediocrely done. <sighs> okay. The next it's, scene it's... is another Warren lecture. All right. Yeah. Okay. At, and then at another event or whatever. And there... Um, they're saying that there are three stages of demonic activity. First stage, infestation. Those are the whispering, the footsteps, um, the feeling of another presence, which leads to oppression. That's the victim um, that's the most psychologically vulnerable, is targeted by the external force, and um, it breaks the victim down and crushes their will, which leaves them super susceptible to the possession. And so they're basically in stage two right now where they're being broken down. Yeah. And um, they're losing their will. That She was in the audience. The camera pans to her. And she's paying very close attention to at what the, they're saying. At the end of the lecture, she tracks them down in their car and says, you need to help my family. Mm-hmm. And they agree. Right. After right. some nudging, they yeah. agree. Yeah. So back at the she home. She pulls the whole, you're a mother too card. <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> I wouldn't have explored the fucking cellar. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at her husband and says, we're doing this. And the husband's like, fuck. (laughs) So back at the home, at the the Perone home, um, everyone sleeps together and stays together. Everybody stays in the living room. And from what what they tell the Warrens is, everybody feels safer that way. And also it's warmer there because it does not get warm anywhere on the house. The furnace is working though. The furnace works. Yep. They also mention the bad smell. And um, it's like rancid. And then they mentioned the three the that thumping. they hear. Yeah, absolutely. They show, they're show they shown the wardrobe. Um, they're shown the cellar. And then Lorraine feels and hears, look what she made me do. 
when she's in the cellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she starts to have these little. Well, it's because she's the medium. Right. Okay, and so she says, "Very, she's such a good actress." Very emotionally, she says, something awful happened here. And you're like, okay, go home. You could take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Later on that day, around the kitchen table, um, the um, Ed Warren and the Perone husband and wife, Roger and Carolyn, are having a conversation. And they're recording it. And they're telling them, you know, they want um, an oral history of what's been happening there. So they're recording the interview. And then upstairs, uh, Lorraine is speaking with april about rory and that's when um lorraine does the music box but she actually sees rory she does she sees rory looking right back at her absolutely from a distance though and then when she turns around he's not there he's gone she turns back and yeah he's not inside the reflection either yeah and then lorraine at some point then goes to the big tree outside where Mm -hmm. april found the music box yep and She's such a good actress. (laughs) And so she's like, you know, Ed comes and sees her out there, but she's so freaked out because he doesn't see it. We're not supposed to see it. But when we're allowed to see it, Mm -hmm. we see that there is some woman that was hanged from a tree and her feet are right behind her husband. Just just dangling. Yeah. And she's like the same woman that attacked the girls. Right. From the bedroom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that point, they recommend the exorcism. Lorraine tells them about the dark entity she saw since the moment she walked into the house. And then they go back to when they met and there's this dark shadow behind uh, Carolyn and Roger. And then when they went to go see, meet the girls, there's this dark shadow behind the girls, too. Mm-hmm. So um, they're really concerned that the children hadn't been baptized. Uh, and they say they really should try to do that. Um, then, well, that and, and then that they're going to go and gather their team so that they can record proof to submit to the Catholic Church mm-hmm, so that right. they can approve an exorcism. Right, yeah. But they're urging the kids to get baptized. Right, and that's not going to happen, really. It doesn't look like they're the that kind of a church-going type. But um, they're just mainly concerned with trying to get this entity out of their home. So the Warrens go back to their home to go do some research. And while Lorraine is looking for the house history, Ed finds that the, all the recordings that they did None of the mother's voice was captured. Oh, right. Yeah, that was strange, right? Absolutely. We find out that the recording was taken place on November 1st, 1971, by the way. So remember the um, the opening was Annabelle. That was 1968. This is 1971. Right, yeah. yeah. So the house history. There was a woman there who was named Bathsheba. It's a funny name. Bathsheba. Bathsheba? Bathsheba. Okay. She was related to Marytown Esty, who was um, who was accused of being a witch and was hung during the witch trials. Uh, Bathsheba was supposedly caught sacrificing her baby in the fireplace. Holy and shit. And then ran out to the big tree that we mentioned, uh-huh. um, de- proclaimed her love of Satan and hung herself. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty intense. Supposedly, she did it at 3.07. That's why the clocks are stopping. Makes a lot of sense. See, so it all adds up in the end. Also, before she did that, she also cursed anyone who would ever try to take her land. 
uh, there's always a curse, right? I mean, there's always going to be a curse. After that, they found lots of reports of different murders and suicides that had happened on the same property. So the Warrens are starting to put together their own picture and figure out, like, okay, there is something really there, there's, serious there happening. Could potentially be something happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's dun 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 Ghostbuster mode, and they go into research mode, and they have their team. Um, and I don't remember their team's name, but I know one is kind of a nerdy IT guy, and the other one is like this, you know. I think he's a cop. Cowboy kind of cop. Yeah, I think he is because later on, I think he's wearing a uniform at once, or maybe yeah. Uh, yeah he's yeah. telling you he's a cop. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they uh, place back at the at the Perono. They place cameras. They place bells. They they do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. They put crucifixes on corners of the right. home. They set up a camera outside near where like she hung herself in the tree. They um, did. I didn't remember that. Yeah, they because the dad, um, Roger, whatever. He's asking, why are we putting one out here? And he says, well, that's where she hung herself. Oh, I, and so I they have a that. Yeah, they have the camera hanging out there by the tree. And um, yeah, they've got pretty much the whole place booby-trapped. So if something moves or happens, they're going to be able to see it. And the cop, like myself, is very skeptic about the whole thing. He's just like, eh, we'll see what happens. So first they start on the cellar, the exploration part. They start at the cellar. And they're recording the whole time. Mm-hmm. They go down the cellar with all this fucking equipment. They are kind of doing what you did that one time that you were like, oh, we're haunted. Somebody do something. They go, do something. (laughs) (laughs) They ask for something. They ask to move or something. Nothing happens. But so they leave. They're like, you can't always count on it to happen when you want it to happen. But what does happen is as they're walking out of the cellar, the piano starts to rumble a little bit. And we didn't capture anything, but one of them turns back and is like, hmm, did that just happen? Later on, Carolyn goes to take a nap while the dad, one of the I, one, the IT guy, um, take the girl to the girls to get ice cream in town. Yeah, just a little and like Ed let's and Lorraine keep this, everybody's spirits up. Let's take them to go get ice cream. And Ed and Lorraine are like, well, we'll take care of the household. So they're like doing like mom and pop stuff like ed is fixing the the the, truck the perone's old car yeah. and L- lorraine, lorraine is doing the laundry she, but like laundry. you know like hanging clothes on the clothes on the clothesline specifically and sheets too which while they're doing all those things uh the cl- like the the climate changes the atmosphere changes kind of like when um the winds that what kind of like when the pirate flag turns direction like suddenly so like in pirates of the caribbean like Everything like the wind gets wild yep. and black clouds, black come clouds, over. and there's rumbling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so Lorraine's like, "Shit, I gotta take this laundry down." So she's taking the laundry down, and during that, she pulls one of the clothes pins out, and the sheet goes flying, and it flies behind her, and it takes the shape of a person, like mm-hmm. as if the somebody standing shit, there, yeah, like the fucking shit, like yep. surrounded somebody. Yeah. And then it, it that's only for like a split second, and then it yep. goes and it goes up to the window on the second floor where. The mom is sleeping. Yep. But we see somebody there. Yeah, in the window. We don't know who it is. Right. We kind of think, and I think Lorraine also thinks, is that Carolyn? But Carolyn's still sleeping, so it really wasn't. So we see Carolyn still mm-hmm. asleep. We, we know that Lorraine is making her way up, but we see Carolyn still asleep. And then we see somebody hovering right above her, mm-hmm. like this close. Yep. How close am I? Like you smell my pizza that I had for dinner. Yeah, like that close. <laughs> and Carolyn opens her mouth and the, to scream. And this Bathsheba 
vomits blood Ugh. into her mouth. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> so gross. Just blah. <laughs> it's Ugh. disgusting. And At so least, by uh, doing that, I think she was also possessing her soul too, right? Like going I, inside of her. I don't know your technicalities. She, she, she was taking <laughs> over her, her body, but, uh, you know, they still weren't sure because by the time Lorraine gets up there and opens the door, she's like, oh, I thought I heard, saw whatever. Well, and so she goes, so Lorraine goes up to the room, doesn't find her there, but finds her coming out of the bathroom. Right, And it right, looks right. like when you have morning sickness, you're like constantly vomiting. So she looked like she had just thrown up or something. And she's like, are you okay? What happened? And she goes, oh, I think I hear Roger and the girls coming. Yeah, but they're yeah. still down the fucking road. So I don't know. That was something. Um, but gross. Mm-hmm. Gross, gross, gross. But so the demon is really inside her now, but she's just playing it off or she doesn't well, know maybe or she it's coming know. back and forth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so that was a kind of a little freaky scene there. And now things are starting to happen. The, I, I, yeah, exactly. Roger and the girls do arrive back, however, not too long after she says that. So then later that yeah. night, everybody's asleep in the living room. Cop guy and IT guy are awake, kind of keeping watch. Cop guy is like, oh, I'm going to get another beer. He goes into the kitchen and he hears somebody say, look what she made me do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck was that? And he's searching. He's going outside. He's whatever. He finally, he turns to the side really quickly and he sees this woman in this maid's outfit. Yeah. But she has her arms slit like she like committing like, suicide or exactly. something. Remember, yeah. there were some suicides on the fucking mm-hmm. place. And then... He like goes to follow her and he can't find her. And then he turns and she kind of attacks him. Yeah. And she says, Exactly. And he's fucking scared. (laughs) Yeah. And so he's like screaming, whatever. Everybody wakes up. But then Cindy is still asleep. Cindy is sleepwalking up the stairs. And we know this because pictures, the flash bulbs are going off. Right, right. And the cameras are going off. But they're like, don't wake her up. She's not alone. She's not the one setting off the cameras. Mm -hmm, So so we know she's being guided up the fucking stairs. Mm -hmm. And she goes into the room where the wardrobe is and the door slams shut. And that's when Roger's like, fuck that. And he goes running up there. They can't open the fucking door. They finally open the door. And she's not there. Right. She's gone. She's not. She's not in the bed. She's not in the wardrobe. She's not out the window. She couldn't have gone anywhere else. She's fucking gone. Yep. So uh, Ed Edson's tells cop the, guy right to go get the UV light. He's like, yeah. hey, "What the hell is that?" He's like, "God, oh, just ask." Ask IT guy. So he I gives him the UV light, which is basically just a black light. Exactly, and they find the footsteps come from of Cindy going into the wardrobe and mm-hmm. into a back panel. Mm-hmm. They move the back panel, and there's a hole. Not like they remove the back panel of the wardrobe, but there's a hole in the actual wall Mm -hmm. and there's like a little hiding space. A little hideout space. And that's apparently where Rory goes to hide. It's a safe spot. Because what's her name? The little daughter says that. That's where Rory goes to hide. Cindy is, um, Cindy is in there asleep. Right. And they went to take her and they go and they take her out. Mm -hmm. And that's when uh, April tells uh, Lorraine that. So Lorraine goes back in there after, you know, Cindy's gone. And she finds that that's where Rory has his toys. And he she puts back his music box. Mm-hmm. It fits, it's like a hexagon. It fits exactly where there's like this little empty bit of dust. Yep. So it means that it was collecting dust for so long. And then suddenly it, it wasn't. Somehow. Yeah. And then she's looking around and she pulls on this rope and finds that it is a noose. It's a noose. Yep. And she's like, oh, my God, it's the noose that the lady hung herself with. And then the floor breaks out of nowhere. Boom. And she goes falling all the way down through the house like all the way down to the cellar yeah all the way down to the cellar but like through the the walls of the house yeah like like um 
like the like, scene in like the it was like it was a speakeasy yeah something like that <laughs> and so um she's all the way down in the cellar and then she's quiet and she's looking and there's this woman crying mm-hmm. this older woman crying over her child and saying look what she made me do look what she made me do and then so lorraine looks away for a second and looks back to look for this woman and she's not there instead she's right in her face yeah but- and she's like look what she made me do yeah but you see that coming. That's like the typical, like, oh, she's not there. Where is she? Oh, it's right there. I mean, I don't know. For me, I just, they're so predictable that I don't jump at those. But either way, that's an element to the movie. So and the woman disappears, but who appears? Bathsheba. Yes, right. And yeah. she is, like, scaring the fuck out of Lorraine. And Lorraine's running and running. And, and she's trying to get out of the cellar. And suddenly... She, like, grabs her uh, she gets, chain or locket or she's whatever. She's getting pulled by the necklace. And mm-hmm. it's, and we find out earlier in the movie that it's um, it's the same locket that their daughter, Judy, has. Judy has one with the picture of Lorraine and Ed. And then Lorraine has one with a picture of Judy in it. And that gets left behind as Lorraine makes her way out of the cellar and into the safety of... Ed Warren. Yes, yes. Where they were frantically trying to find her, like knocking like on the walls, like, are you here? Where are you? Where are you? And then finally they figure out she's in the basement or a cellar, whatever. But she says, I know what she does. Mm-hmm. I know what she did. She possesses the mother to kill the child. Yep. She possesses the mother to kill the child. And what's happening with the mother? She's exactly doing that. Exactly. She's being possessed to try to kill the child. Yeah. So they're like, okay, suddenly... Nancy, you know, the girl that didn't see any of the things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Her, her hair starts, starts like, like kind of like static. Yeah. Kind of like when you roll yeah. a balloon on your hair. Yep. And suddenly she gets yanked by her hair yep. up and down the room. She gets thrown, thrown in the around. air. She's yeah, thrown like around. a little rag Everybody's trying to fucking grab her. The Even dad's the trying to cut the cop's to guy. Everybody. Her. And then finally Lorraine gets some scissors and cuts her hair off. And suddenly she gets let go because mm-hmm. her hair is what she was yeah. being held on to. Yeah. And then they fucking have it. They have the proof. They're packing it up. Yeah. They're going to go do whatever. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Lorraine goes to the tr- to the lake and, um, and maybe she's called there. I don't remember. But she goes to the lake and she sees Judy in the water. Her daughter. And she freaks out mm-hmm. and she runs to the phone to make sure her daughter's okay, whatever. She's like, I know it's a sign. I know it's a warning, whatever. They're like, we're going to take care of this. Roger's like, fuck that. I'm taking my kids to a motel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so um, they... They go to the motel, and the mom would not get out of the car. She's freaked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So either one, she's possessed, and she's like, I don't know how to function. Or two, she's like, I don't want to kill my kids. Well, I think it might be number one. I'm not sure if she's... Like, maybe you're saying that she consciously realizes that she's going to probably be the one to kill her kids, and she doesn't want to. Yeah. Maybe. Um. So the Warrens... So later on in church, the Warrens are showing... Um, the footage to so their liaison to the Catholic Church, Father mm-hmm. Gordon. Right. And the, the he has a few concerns. The kids are not baptized. They're not part of the church, but they need approval from the Vatican. But he's still going to go for it. Mm-hmm. He's still going to seek the approval. He's still going to figure out what yeah. they can do. I mean, he saw the footage on tape. So obviously yeah, there's something happening there. Absolutely. So right after that scene where he says, okay, I think we're going to do this. It cuts to the scene where, is it Judy? The, Judy their daughter. Uh-huh. She's like, she's at their house and she hears something and she's like waking up like mommy. She's getting lured yeah. by the Annabelle doll, mm-hmm. which is Bathsheba kind of using her to yeah, kind of because attack her. We also see that there's the other locket there. So I guess it was transferred through the one locket to the next because the locket got left behind in the cellar mm-hmm. from uh, Lorraine. 
right? Right. So it's kind of like when, um, have you ever seen The Missing with Kate Blanchett and Tommy Lee Jones, Love uh, of My Life? No, I no? don't think so. All right. So in the movie, there's a brujo. A witch. Uh-huh. A man witch. <laughs> a man witch. <laughs> it sounds delicious. I don't know if it does or not, but yeah. He was okay. So in in the, in the in that movie, he was he was the son of a witch, and he was born with a full set of teeth. Hmm. He's just the bad guy, bad worst worst guy. But he's a brujo, right? And so uh, at one part of the movie, Kate Blanchett's character is getting really sick, really really sick. And then he's like, what happened? What happened? Did you leave anything behind? I don't know if you know the premise of the movie is um, this guy, like these these guys kidnap women and sell them to Mexico, like send, sell them to people in Mexico. Um, kind of like, a, you know, Can you get a lot workers. of money for that? Just kidding. Um, just get a second job. You'll be fine. So you're they're tracking down these these people who have this brujo. And so anyway. Um, they're the brujos aware, so now they're like, Oh my god, what happened? Did you leave something behind? And it turns out they did. Mm -hmm. She left behind her brush, and the brujo took the hair from the brush and kind of did this fucking thing to be able to, um, like hurt her through it, kind of like a talisman, kind of like a voodoo doll kind of thing. So, this is that other movie you're talking about, yeah, the other movie, right? So, it's it's the same element here, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, she left part of the locket, then the lot. No, so now the Judy girl is is trying to like figure out you know what's going on so and she kind of gets called kind of yeah, into, lured the, into the, the room, room mm-hmm. where everything is like don't fucking mm-hmm. touch it kind of room. Yep. like it's the don't fucking touch yep. it room and she gets lured in and what happens she gets saved just in the nick of time well her family gets there mm-hmm. yes but she does get a- attacked of some sort something i think like she that. gets scared she well she says and she notices that the annabelle doll is not it's in the missing. case anymore right it's missing and there is something because the door closes or whatever and there is some sort of spirit there and she starts calling for her nana 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 please nana and this she right can't before, open the door right that's right before the parents get there and so the nana's trying to open the door ed and lorraine get there they're telling, like watch out honey i'm gonna bang the door down well, there's a lot of banging doors down in this movie so he does that and right after that happens she, he grabs her and a chair gets like flung at the door and he pulls her out of the way right before the chair like smashes into the wall and uh during the movie you said something crucial why don't they just fucking take the doorknobs off all these doors yeah that's my <laughs> why not like it because then at least you could just push the door open and slam shut push it back open again. <laughs> the whole house is gonna look like <laughs> saloon doors <laughs> so the other thing now in this this part of the movie i did i want i wanted to know more i wanted to find out like the the doll was not in the case so from what we saw from the perspective of the girl but maybe bathship let it let it out but when she tells her dad, Ed goes to check it out, and it's back in the case as if nothing happened. And he kind of plays it off like, it's in the case, nothing wrong. Like, he does go back to check that room again after they all leave and get kind of settled. But I found it strange, like, okay, well then how did it get back in the case? And how did he get out of the case That's in Shema. the first place? Yeah, well then what's the room is not doing much of a good job if they could, could just get out. Well... That's what was getting in. All right, whatever, whatever. The holy so, water and so everything was for things already in there. Anyway, so the glass case, somehow she removed the doll and then put it back in again. Nice, Maybe. nice trick. Or the kid's a little kid and it's scared. Oh, you know my whole theory right, of right. it's all in your head. Right, right. All right. Well, anyways, that's and and part. I also didn't understand like what did that really have to do with the connection to, like 
I think because she has a premonition at that time and she figures out something and then they go running back to... um, Right. But uh, here's the thing. It's like Bathsheba now knows that Ed and Lorraine are going to fuck with her, um, I guess, want to have people kill themselves on her property or kill each other. So she's going to stop them. She knows that they're a threat to her. So she's going to attack them. And how do you, you you go for where they're most vulnerable? They're most vulnerable with their children. Okay. So really soon after that scene, they get like a phone call. <laughs> Manwich. From, <laughs> they get a phone call from Roger or whatever saying like, oh, oh no, like, no. Roger tries to go contact the kids or he goes back to the room and he sees that the mom is gone with the two kids. And they don't know where she went. She just took off and said, and they said she smelled like rotting meat. Again. So I think Roger calls the Warrens and says, hey, she disappeared. She took the two kids. And that's when Lorraine says she's going back to the house. You should get back to the house as soon as possible. So Carolyn was possessed now by this Mm -hmm. point by Bathsheba. And she took Christine in April. So the little one who could see Rory Mm -hmm. and um, Christine, the one that was getting tugged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now she's taking them back to the house, basically to kill them. Mm -hmm. So... When by the time everybody gets there, they find the mother Carolyn in the cellar, mm-hmm. and With a pair of she's scissors trying in her to hand. stab Christine. Mm-hmm. They catch her just in the nick of time, too. I mean, yeah, because there aren't, yeah. So they find Christine, the one daughter. They don't find the other daughter, but they try to like they, lock. Okay, so her IT up. guy gets Christine and puts her in the car and says, "Stay here, yeah. stay here, no matter what." Right. And then so he goes to look for the other daughter. And in the meantime, the cop and, and the, the men and Lorraine are down there trying to strap Carolyn to a chair. They, they have a sheet over her head and they use the handcuffs and they handcuff her to a chair. And right. And Ed decides, fuck it, I'm going to do the early yeah, exorcism. Says, There's no time for the priest to get here at this point because she they tried to take her out of the house, I believe. And she wouldn't let them. The witch or the ghost wouldn't let them take Carolyn because her skin started burning. And yeah, like, she'll kill her if we take her out yeah. of here. So they, um, so they start the exorcism, and and she's super fucking bastard but possessed, and she's like attacking them, and she's getting lifted up, and she's being yeah, slammed, and it's off, just like she spits out blood or whatever. Oh my god, so it's, gross. So the other kids still looking for the daughter. The, the other, IT I mean, the, guys yeah, looking so, for the yeah, and all this is happening. The the chair floats up in the air and spins smashes upside down, down. Yeah, and she's loose. And yep, she gets loose. And at the same time, IT guy says, "I, I found her, her because he she, found her in the kitchen floorboards." Under the floorboards in the kitchen. Yep. And so he breaks a hole trying to get her out. And at the same point in time, the possessed mom hears that and is like, fuck that. I'm going to go kill the kid then. And then they're all trying to stop her from getting up there to kill the kid. Right. And then she gets there, though, and she can. Mm-hmm. And she's strapped. She's strapped. She's trapped. Uh, April is trapped. And um, Carolyn is there. And she's able to grab her and, and kill her. But Lorraine kind of gets her and yeah. holds her head and says, you know, you're her mother. You got to fight this, you know, whatever. And then she kind of has a moment of of clarity. Yeah. She's like, remember the picture? And you told me your fr- that was the best day of your life or something like that. Yeah. And like it was that. like this remember day that. of the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like the mom kind of comes, you know, gets she her calms strength down back. a little bit. Yeah. And then Ed is able to continue with the exorcism and the girls get saved. Um, the Bathsheba curse is released. There you go. 
But, there you have it. Okay. But so what happens to the, like, how do, where did the spirit get locked into something else? Were they able to drive her back to hell? Like, what? where did, uh, how'd they get her out of mm-hmm. Carolyn? I have no idea. Yeah. But later on in the movie, when the Warrens are back to their home, isn't the um, the music box there now? It is there. Yeah, that's true. And it plays a little tune. And that's how the, the, the movie ends, on the music box. Yeah. And uh, spinning the little thing. Uh-huh. And you're spo- like, when the music stops, you'll see something. So that's when I close my eyes and I don't know what happened. But yeah, so that was the that was so the end of the movie, right? That, yeah. Well, that's when Ed puts the, mu- the thing back. And then we hear... Ed and Lorraine talking about another case that they have that they have to go to in Long Island. That case is the Amityville Horror. Oh, wow. Nice little tie-in. That's cool. That's cool. And then after that, that's when the box mysteriously opens on its own and the music plays. And that's where it ends. Mm -hmm. Interesting. that's the movie. Yeah. I actually really liked it. I actually got really scared in the movie. I thought it was good, like but the it was okay. Were good. Like but it, it was... wasn't. It's not that I believe that I'm going to be haunted. It's not that I believe that possessing the mother to kill the child. I'm, there's rational explanations for everything. <laughs> Even in my healing practice, I approach it in a psychological way. Right? You've seen it, but it's still fun or yeah. more fun to just say I'm putting aside my rationality and I'm going to delve into this movie and completely explore it and completely be free and allow myself to be frightened. Sure. Because if you don't do that, how are you going to enjoy anything? See, these are the kind of movies that the way I enjoy it is watching it with someone like yourself who gets spooked out. And (laughs) then I can sit there and and watch your reaction to it. It's fun. Okay. So you ready for this? That actual house did have previous deaths in it. Mm -hmm. There were eight generations of people living in that house before the prom. The reality. The real house yeah. wherever the so, really took place. Okay. There were two suicides, a poisoning death. There was a rape and murder of an 11-year-old. Uh, there were two drownings and four men froze to death. <laughs> oh, because they couldn't get the... The furnace work. Furnace work. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I kept saying... Uh, and and, and in, in my research, I, I was very satisfied when I found that the reason why I was like, hey, that's a call out to the changeling. Hey, that's a call out to this. That's a call out to that. And that's the, the poltergeist. That's this and that. Because he purposely modeled it, modeled the atmosphere after the 70s horror movies. You're talking about James Wan, the director? Uh-huh. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. But I was like, hey, that's has a change he, thing. Has he only done horror? Is that his thing now? Is he like the uh, M. Night Shyamalan? Sh- M. Night Shyamalan? I always <laughs> say his name wrong. But I mean, is that his thing? Is it just do horror movies? I thought so. Yeah, James Wan, right? James Wan. He always reminds me of John Woo, which does like action movies. And like, um, so in an actual case, uh, for the Perone family, mm-hmm. the Warrens were actually kicked out of the house because they couldn't help the Perone family. Oh, in the real, so in the reality of it. So this so movie they all did ended all on of a fake this, ending, then. Yeah. So the reality, well, in the quote, real files, or for what I was man, what what I was able to find was that. Um, they didn't, in actuality, help them. Okay. So, so what was um, it? So we don't know the resolution. Then they were still. Did the mother ever kill the kids? Did they? Was there ever any other? No issues the, the, with the, the kids, house. The kids do believe that there was a haunting. There was of course one child, there were kids. The one child um, did say that they had to live with the entity, and that um, only wanted there to be one place for one woman in the house, and that the mother had to struggle with that throughout. I still think that this is like because yeah, they believed in it. So of course, if they continue to believe in it as adults, it's going to continue to stay there and be constant. But 
Well, I, I mean, yeah, it's hard to, I guess, I don't know. I, I'm saying it from a very skeptic point of view, and I'm just like, ah, oh, well, it's all in your head. But in a, in a rational point of view, I don't believe it either. Um, in fact, the real Bathsheba, who's a real person, was suspected of witchcraft um, and infanticide. But it was during a time where infant mortality rates were like super, super, um, super, super high. And it was a one-off that your child would make it to adulthood. So it's not something, but you know, she was later cleared and died of natural causes many years later. So it's not like this actual Bathsheba was the thing. They probably just latched onto the fact that she was accused of witchcraft. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, what would you recommend people to see it? Obviously you've seen it more than once, right? Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do like yeah. this movie. I, I think you just put aside whatever your beliefs, your thoughts are. Well, let me ask you this. Have you seen part two? Yes, I have. Did you, did it, did that also like add, I mean, did it hold up? I don't remember part two. Okay, great. Did you see any of the Annabelle stuff? Yes. And what was your thoughts on that? You liked I them? loved Annabelle. It made okay. me scream out loud in the movie theater. Oh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, so maybe it's a series worth seeing and maybe it's a new, because my way of looking at it, this is a 2013 movie, right? All of these classics that we love that were great or really pushed the boundaries, they were done in the early uh 70s maybe late 60s 80s, 80s you know by the 90s it was the horror genre it was, was sort of out yeah and campy it, it was like kung fu movies they were they had their moment and then all of a sudden they were just like nah it's not crouching tiger hidden dragon right there was a few good ones that came out um uh, what's that Jet Li one hero that's a really good one romeo must die <laughs> that was good but uh, not not what i'm talking about no you know what i really liked shaolin soccer <laughs> still not what i'm talking about. kung fu hustle yeah no i i know what you're talking about but i'm talking about hero it's a really good what movie. is um what is that movie I think it's a Japanese movie, although I might just be generalizing an entire culture or hemisphere. But it is this guy. Is it IP Man? Ip Man. And Ip that's, Man. It's, <laughs> and that's, um, first of all, that's it's Chinese because uh, he was Bruce Lee's master. Then that's not what I'm talking about. It's something else. And it's this whole fantasy, fantasy world. So it's not IP Man. Ip Man. <laughs> Um, I pee freely. Okay. <laughs> um, well, okay. I guess I would suggest that people watch it for sake of watching it. If this is a newer horror movie that has a good like well, um, franchise know, series, then we have whatever. to make Check room for out. new classics. Sure, sure. I mean, this like like Metropolis, but, amazing horror movie of the twenties. Okay, a great movie. But guess what? Now there, then there was a new set of classic horror movies. Well, right. Then there was a new set of classes. We have to make room for them. I really love these movies. And I really think that people would love the entire, I guess we'll call it universe of Annabelle. Oh, and the Warrens, just the Warrens okay. case. Well, that's that's great. I would suggest people to watch it because I didn't think that it was unwatchable. It was just, you know, predictable from my point of view. But that's fine. I still still think people should go check Wait, it, check so it out. Are you saying you don't believe in ghosts? Yeah, I'm saying I don't really believe in ghosts. Wait, what was that? Just kidding. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I would say go check it out. It was still worth uh, watching. It wasn't the worst movie I've seen. There was, um, they had its moments. The acting was good. This, the, um, except for Roger? Yeah, except for Roger. He's just a little like <laughs> mediocre. I don't know. He just, set, what did I say? He uh, cast type. Typecast? Typecast himself <laughs> as a, the office guy who just doesn't give a shit. Oh, hum. Yeah, exactly. So, 
He hums hoes. Maybe we'll get into watching the other ones later on down the line. I don't know, but um, I'm glad we at least watched this one. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the next. Anything else you want to add or tell the people while we're still out here in Podcastville? Well, no, I mean, I think you covered it all. I really enjoyed it. I wish everybody takes some time to go and see it. Um, Hopefully you saw it before we did our recap. I, other than that, we ruined it for you. <laughs> the jump scares are great. Yeah, they're predictable, but they're still well done. The acting. So there's a moment where you asked me when I, where, when I got triggered. And I think I narrowed it down to the moment where Lorraine is looking into the eyes of this one man that when they showed some video clips um, in the lecture. And his eyes are bleeding. And his eyes are bleeding. And this guy is looking at her and Lorraine is actually terrified and she lets out this scream right, right in the guy's yeah. face. We, that was fucking intense. We didn't really get into that, but that was part of the subplot of Lorraine and, and Ed is that she had that incident that uh-huh. they don't really talk about, but she wasn't ever the same after that. Was that the incident That's that we're talking incident, about? Yeah. yeah. It's this guy's possession and the guy's possession. um, It was, you know, like quintessential, but he had like a cross coming out from the inside of his body, like an inverted cross. And he was crying tears of blood. And, you know, then he killed his girlfriend or whatever. But it was um, it was it was really it was really intense. And that was a great scene. And supposedly all of these events afterwards it just takes a big toll on Lorraine because she's the one with the premonitions and can see things. So what um. What Ed says to Roger is, every time we do one of these, it takes a little bit out of Lorraine. That incident took a big part of her, apparently. Mm, right, yeah. So she's a little more fragile. Gotcha. All right. All right, well. So that was good. I think we can and wrap I'm, this one up now. I'm glad we're back. Yeah, me too. Um, thanks for visiting us. And if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do it. Uh, leave a rating. Tell a friend. Um, yes, please do. So we we, uh, we like to see the numbers growing, and uh, it's nice to see um, that you guys are enjoying it. So hit us up. Like we're on Instagram, we're I'm mostly on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You know, um, our handles are in the show notes. Uh, you can also email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you thought of this movie. If you loved it, or if you hated it. Uh, share your favorite horror movie. Mm-hmm. Let us um, know what you'd like to uh, for us to watch. Yeah, add something to our list. Yep. Um, ask them some ridiculous questions. I know people have been asking us ridiculous questions, mm-hmm. and we haven't uh, been answering them because we really don't ever remember when we're going to be recording a podcast. <laughs> um, but maybe but, we'll do. Um, we'll we'll post some of the questions and we'll answer some of them. And rate and subscribe so that way you stay up to date. Absolutely. You can also go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter. That's when we will send out uh, notifications when the new episode is up, any extras that are coming up, um, any events that we'll be attending so that you guys can come to one of our meet and greets. We do a lot of secret movie clubs and uh, a lot of uh, classic horror movie um, events here in L.A. Yep, that's right. Um, we also, like, right now, we're currently into, well, I'm currently going to many of the kaiju movie events this summer in Los Angeles because my son happens to be an expert on all things Godzilla and Godzilla related. Um, but, you know, we'll we'll be around. So um, reach out. Yes. We're here. Definitely. And uh, until next time, over and out. Out and over. Innie or Audi? I like innies. I like Audis. They drive nice. Uh, <laughs> nice one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. 
Okay, bye.